Welcome to another fun-filled, all-new edition of Second City Sports Zoom Style. Zoom Style. <laughs> Along with Lakina McGee and Lamont Scott, I am Sydney Brown. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG, as the kids will call these social media streets, at SidKid80. Once again, at SidKid80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on Twitter and at Keenan underscore McGee on the IG. You can follow me at Lamont Scott on Facebook. Lamont Scott 69 on Instagram and Lamont Scott 16 on Twitter. You can go to our website, weareregalradio.com. That's W-E-A-R-E-R-E-G-A-L radio.com. And you can follow this podcast, Second City Sports, along with our other podcast programming for more media by simply searching for War on Anchor. Wherever you download your podcast, make sure you search War on Anchor. We also on iHeartRadio. Please download the iHeartRadio app, and you can do the same thing there by searching for War on Anchor. That's W-A-R-R on Anchor. And we're also on the tube, a.k.a. YouTube. You can not, not only listen to us, you can watch us do our thing live at War Media. Once again, that W-A-R-R Media on the YouTube in uh, oh, what the hell? Y'all can go and you, you know the rest. <laughs> you can see our beautiful faces. Yes. Thank make you. sure, like, subscribe, and tell your friends and share. And share. That's yes. important. Look alive. <laughs> <laughs> I won't sing for this one, so we'll leave that alone. <laughs> uh, one team in town that's looking alive here today is the Chicago Bears. The six-game losing streak is over. This is not a joke. This is reality. Unfortunately, <laughs> the six game <laughs> losing streak is now over. The Bears defeated the Houston Texans for the first time in their franchise history by the score of 36 to 7. I'll give you my uh, 10 second uh, analysis on Sunday's win. Lakina, <sighs> uh, <laughs> back to you. No. Meh, that's mine. Meh. I mean, I'll be. I'll, I have a confession to make. Uh, all of you, you, know, you to you guys, my great friends, and all of my friends who are going to be listening to this. You know, even strangers. I didn't watch a single second of the second half because I was like, meh. Okay, okay. You you beat you beat a team. You're you you beat a team. You're barely better than. Okay, yeah. It was the first time you won it since you know the Houston Texans had been in existence. I think they were like well, like they were like like one or zero oh and five or zero oh and six. You know, in all their meetings. So I'm like, eh, whatever. Mm-hmm. I I it, it didn't it didn't really wow me. I mean, okay, yeah. You guys could have done better against that Texans defense. I mean, because <laughs> you know how some of these fans are, right? You're like, see, 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 see. You know, Pace did the right thing by picking Trubisky over. Watson, look, he, didn't, he doesn't. Don't have his you believe it? Exactly. I mean, he didn't have his wide receiving core. David Johnson didn't play yesterday. That's you know his top running back. You know the defense is not very. It's not very good. Okay, yeah, you got you got Wad and Merciless, but there's a shell of themselves. A lot of those got you know the, the secondary is terrible. Okay, yeah, big deal. Back to you, Lamont. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I had an interesting and unique experience with the game. I couldn't watch the game because I was out of the market. So all of the highlights and hearing of the game, they made it seem like Mitch Trubisky was the greatest man on earth. <laughs> and the Bears defense was the most dominant defense in the NFC. Now, all I'm getting is the clips the uh the, the the game 
because I was waiting on the uh, Saints game, right? So we wasn't getting it. And I was down there watching that. And they made it seem like, so when I got here, I couldn't wait to ask y'all, did the Bears really look that good? Like, did, did, was Trubisky really better than Watson and Mahomes? I mean, they was talking like the greatest game of Trubisky's <laughs> career, how the Bears have made a mistake. And I'm down there scratching my head like, what games have y'all been watching? But, yes, the media did not attack him. They praised him and their defense. They said <laughs> the Mac is back. I even heard that. I haven't heard that in two months. They say the Mac is back. I mean, like, did they really just kick their butt? Or, like, I know better. Like, I was down there like, uh-uh, y'all lying to y'all. So, ain't none of this true. But, yeah, <laughs> they made it seem like the Bears was, like, doing their thing. Man, I just couldn't believe it. Well, I have some stats for you from Sunday's win against the Houston Texans, and I'm just reading it off of ESPN.com. Mitchell Trubisky was 24 of 33 for 267 yards, three touchdown passes, no interceptions. That's right, folks, no interceptions. David Montgomery, who scored the first touchdown on the game, on the second play of the game, had 11 carries for 113 yards, including the 80 yard touchdown run to open the game in the first quarter. Cordell Patterson had his usual six carries for 26 yards, and his longest run was 12 yards. For receiving the Bears, Allen Robinson had nine catches, 123 yards, including the touchdown. Darnell Mooney, two catches, 22 yards, including the touchdown reception. Jimmy Graham finally showed up in the end zone on Sunday with four catches for uh, 23 yards. The Bears' offense, uh, going to the stat sheet, did look good. And so there's no complaints there. Uh, give credit to offensive coordinator Bill Lazor. Will this be a, a, a formidable success moving forward as you play the Minnesota Vikings on the road next week? We'll get to them against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers later. But uh, do you guys see hope that this formula continues uh, from now until the end of the season, or is it just uh, a look at the Irish? Uh, I think I think if he if if they if if they have another game like that, I think if they beat Green Bay, Matt Nagy job safe. I can tell you that they won't go. <laughs> I can tell you that. Uh, <laughs> Don't give him no uh, any no, more uh, ideas, like, Lamont. Don't do that. I'm just talking about like from like the the feel from around the other people I was checking and stuff, and if Matt Nagy. Beat Green Bay and don't let them beat Minnesota and Green Bay. His job is definitely safe. And when you look at it, if they re-sign Allen Robinson and they keep Darnell Moody, I mean, I hear Cole Komet was playing his butt off from the look, well, the highlights I did catch. They say Cole Komet was doing all the work, and then they gave Jimmy Graham what's that? His sixth touchdown this year, I heard. Mm -hmm. So te technically, he has showed up in the end zone, nowhere else on the field. But they say Cole Komet was looking like a beast out there. I mean, like, was he? I mean, yeah, look, Cole Komet had four catches for 41 yards. <laughs> yeah, he did. Um, look, I'm going to keep it fresh and simple here. Look, you did what you're supposed to do against a bad Texas team. Okay, fine, whatever. You know, you're going to be playing a Minnesota team that's not going to be in a very good mood because it felt like they had they let that game against the Bucks slip away. We'll get to them in a second. This is just a flash in the pan. Look, 
I they'll probably end up finishing what seven and nine, eight and eight, or whatever, and they'll they'll miss the playoffs. And look, I we know who this team is, so I all I'm glad that there are some Bears fans who are being reasonable and say, you know what, nah, okay, okay, fine, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, you beat a, you beat a bad team, so what? Who cares? And you know, I think nobody really is sort of falling for this mirage, if you if you will, because okay, yeah, the defense did you know did great. You know, and I and I hate it when this happens. Like you know, the you know they stay, you know they have they talk up all this stuff. You know they use all that you know stuff that people have been saying about it as motivation. Fine, whatever. Okay, where was this the last six games? Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean that that I'm sorry. I mean you're not you're not gonna get bouquets and cookies or you know Christmas you know gingerbread cookies for you know being a team that you're barely that are that you're barely better than. I'm sorry, you're not <laughs> you're not gonna so, so- get any for me because you know how some of these fans are. What 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 you think the story? Like I I heard uh, uh Mario Edwards was having such a great game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, another one. Who else they said? Was Bilal Nichols having a good game? Also, they said that a couple of the defensive people showed that the Bears' defense just may have a future. And I couldn't believe none of the stuff. I'm not gonna lie to you. Every time I would hear some or catch a, I was not believing none of the hype. Cause I'm set through the whole season, so I'm sitting there looking like y'all crazy. But later on, when we get into that other game, I'll, it 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 actually explains why they can believe the hype of the Bears because they don't believe a lot of the stuff they see with their own eyes for their own teams. So I'm like, <laughs> okay, I can understand it now. But yeah, coming home, coming home, they made it seem like the Bears was ready to beat up the uh, Packers. And you again. You're listening to Second City Sports along with Lakina McGee and Lamont Scott. I am Sidney Brown as we reviewed the Chicago Bears 36 to 7 victory over the Houston, Texas from this past Sunday. Uh, taking a look at the defensive stats for the Chicago Bears, Rolcron Smith had a great game on Sunday with 12 total tackles, including eight solo tackles, including two sacks and two forced fumbles. He knocked out. Deshaun Watson late in that third quarter. I actually saw that play live. Danny Trevathan had 12, had 10 total tackles, including four solo tackles. Eddie Jackson had four tackles. He actually had a decent game on Sunday. Akeem Hicks returned to the lineup with two solo tackles. And Mario Edwards Jr., as you mentioned, Lamont, he had two tackles, including two sacks. Khalil Mack actually returned to the stat sheet as far as sacks are concerned with one. So the defense had a great performance on Sunday. You can give credit to defensive coordinator Chuck Pagano. As I, I want to piggyback off your point, Lakina. Uh, it was a, a great performance stat-wise and looking at the at the highlights as I did, it was great. But where the where the hell was this the last uh, six, seven weeks? Well look and also too us remember the we we know the the old line for the Texans is trash or trash. So, I mean, yeah, you're going to have these kind of stats. I mean, look, Royal Cross Smith has been consistent, you know, the whole, the whole season. He'll probably end up getting the Pro Bowl berth. I mean, look, Mario Edwards Jr., I mean, it, it could be the could he be the guy that you kind of build the defense around, which you're probably going to have to maybe wipe the slate clean and start over. You're going to have him, you know, do that. Um, if, look, I mean, Tayshawn Gibson had his, you know, had some tackles as well. Trevathan, you know, did his thing. But again, this is against a really bad O line in the Texans. So 
of course, you're going to have seven sacks. The de- a defense is going to have seven sacks. Mm-hmm. And you know, they knocked Deshaun Watson out the game. And at, at, at this point, if, if you're Deshaun Watson, you, you probably would tell your, your, you know, the, the brass, hey, I'm not playing. I'm not playing the rest of the season. I'm sorry. We know he's a great competitor, but no, he's, he's, you don't want him to get really hurt out there. You got to protect his future. So that, that is there. So, I mean, look, okay. Okay. Yeah. The defense, yeah, you had your best performance in like six weeks. Okay. Where was this the last six weeks? That would keep saying it too. Mm-hmm. Speaking on that defense, Lakina, uh, Buster Screen's replacement. Somebody told me his replacement did really good. Uh, I think his last name Stucky Steckles. It starts with an S. Uh, the guy that replaced Buster Screen, Shelly. They say he hits really hard. That's all. That's all they was telling me. They say he made some hard hits. Like I'm like, okay, I didn't see it, but I'm gonna go back and watch the game today because I did record it. But did he do anything special, or was it just the Texans are just that bad? The Texans were just that bad. They were missing uh, their key players as well with uh, Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller, who's always hurt, So and running back David Johnson. So Deshaun Watson had a limited group of people that he had to work with on Sunday. So uh, you can give the Bears credit uh, as far as doing what they're supposed to do, but on the flip side, the Texans were dealing with a lot of injuries as well. And suspensions too. Remember, Fuller was suspended. Bradley Roby yeah. was suspended. That's a whole nother. That's a whole other thing of the story there. But Fuller, Fuller out six games for them drugs. He might be in trouble. He wasn't doing nothing when he was in there. So you know, he was supposed to have been the replacement for D Hop. Like he might be in trouble. Yep. So and if I was Deshaun, if they they gave him the money, so he can't run. But I'd be talking like, man, y'all want to move me if y'all want to. But they gave him money, so he can't run from the money because they gave him the money already. That's the thing when they give you that money, man. When they give you that money, you can't run. That, you know, that's like while I was gone, I, I kept hearing a lot of, uh, will Dak be the Bears' next quarterback? That's what they're talking about on Southern Radio. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't see that ever happening. But, hey, who knows? Which brings up the point of with these <clears throat> next three games remaining on the Bears 2020 schedule. Well, the question still remains, will Matt Nagy and Brian Pace be headed out the door together? As I said all year for both of those guys, no playoffs equals no jobs. And that's for both of them. Um, as we talked about it, looking on our last podcast is with all, if you believe all the reports that's coming out of here in Chicago, that Ryan Pace is, is all but gone at the end of the year. It seems that Matt Nagy, his job is protected only because that he has two years left on his contract. Ryan Pace just has one year left on his contract. I do not want the Bears to use COVID-19 as an excuse. No, the, the fans weren't, weren't, were not allowed in the stands this year. We understand that. But I don't want them to use it as an excuse to keep head coach Matt Nagy. You can get rid of more Ryan Pace. Okay, he has one year left. But Matt Nagy has two years left on his contract. Uh, it's going to break the bank, so we're forced to keep him. I, I don't want to hear any of that crap. But I'm getting the sense that we may have that situation uh, uh, among us on January 4th when we wake up and, and see that there, there's some change, but not what we as fans expect. I'm see, just afraid of that. But see, if he beat the Packers, he's not going anywhere if he beat the Packers. And if you look at that offense, what they didn't put up, 60 points in the last two weeks? 
Mm-hmm. They, they made the change three weeks ago, right, to Bill Lazor? Mm-hmm. So maybe that first week was an off week, and maybe now they understand that you have to move Trubisky around if you want him to be successful and keep him in the two-minute offense. I think the Bears are ranked somewhere high in the uh, two-minute offense drill. I think if you run a constant two-minute type situation with Mr. Bisky, he seems to think, react, and work better. I've been saying that for like two years, to make him think quick and move and not have to sit and read. So maybe Bill Lazor has figured out something because they've scored more points in the last two weeks than they scored in the last four weeks before that. So, I mean, maybe they have figured out something, but I can almost tell you if he beat the Packers, man, the man's job ain't going nowhere. I don't think he's going nowhere. Let's just play out your scenario, Lamont. Let's just say they somehow beat Minnesota on the road next week and they beat Jacksonville. They're they're terrible. But going to that Green Bay game, remember, folks, and this is permanent now, you have one bye week per conference. So Green Bay right now is battling New Orleans for that bye week in the playoffs. Let's just say that Green Bay has everything wrapped up. Of course, they all had – I think they have this, the, the, the North wrapped up. Yeah, they do. They do. If, if New Orleans just keeps winning, that game against uh, – the game against the Bears on the last Sunday of the season, of the regular season, won't mean anything to them. Aaron Rodgers will probably sit. Jamal Adams, probably Devontae Adams will probably sit. So I don't want to, uh, Bears fans to get caught up in fool's goal. You know the McCaskies want to get a call up at Fool's Goal. Let's just say they, they lose to Minnesota but beat Jacksonville and beat Green Bay without uh, Green Bay's stars because they're, they're sitting because they're not, they don't have anything to play for. Do you really want to go based off those last three games for, for Matt Nagy? No. Bill Lazor, I can understand that because he just got the job a couple weeks ago, as Lamont mentioned. But if you're going to evaluate Matt Nagy on these last few games – that's just fool's gold to me. And, I, and I'm afraid that the McCaskies are going to sit on that as well for, for Nagy. It just doesn't make any common football sense. Well, you look at, well, you look at the, the, the Packers. No, 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 it's okay, Lamont. Uh, just as we want to do this real quickly, um, look at the Packers' schedule. I mean, they got the Panthers next Monday night. They got the Titans. Saturday. Oh, Saturday, my bad. And then they got the <laughs> Titans on Sunday night. And then they got the Bears after that. So they could probably wrap up the number one seed. And, yes, could, you know, you know, all the guys you mentioned, could they end up sitting? Yeah, sure, absolutely they can. But you know how the McCaskies are. You know they like to kind of get wrapped up in the fool's – and then, like you said, sit in the fool's gold and, you know, use that as an excuse to kind of keep Nagy and pace. But, again, I mean, you know, they don't – the Bears don't have a, a – don't have a bad schedule either so yeah outside of Jacksonville you know Lord knows you know what will happen in that game but you know you're, you're, gonna, be fa- you're gonna be facing a Minnesota team that's not very good uh, that that's not, that's still that's gonna be not in a very good mood after losing against the, the Bucks and then the Packers will see where they are but again you know they end up you know if you end up finishing eight and eight and nine and seven that's that's still not good enough because you'll probably still miss the playoffs so I don't like, but you know the mindset of some of, you know, of the McCaskey. So who knows what what might happen? I I, just, I think it's one of those things where you just don't know at this point. But when when you add in all of those factors that you and Sid mentioned, I think when it even if Green Bay rests everybody, them other McCaskey factors and the contract factor, when you add all of that in, they would even keep them. What I feel, they would even keep him because he got two and Pace got one, right? 
Yep. They would even yes. keep him another. They would even keep him if he win that situation and win that game. They would even keep him another year and then allow them all to leave together, than to just dump him now, especially if he win that game. You're listening to Second City Sports along with Lakina McGee and Lamont Scott. I am Sydney Brown as we now transition to talk about the rest of the action from the National Football League in from week 14. We'll start off with the Minnesota Vikings as they were they were they were downed by the Buccaneers 26 to 14. Minnesota is tied with the Bears on the outside looking in at the NFC playoffs at 6 and 7. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers improved their record to 8 and 5. Um, looking at this game briefly from Sunday, guys, Tom Brady didn't have the greatest game. He only had 196 yards passing. The Buccaneers survived on defense and running the football. Ronald Jones had a touchdown. He had 18 carries overall for 80 yards. On the flip side for Minnesota, Dalvin Cook had 102 yards on 22 carries, including a first-half touchdown. Kirk Cousins did not have a good game. Yes, he passed for 225 yards in uh, and threw a touchdown pass, but he was sacked six times, including twice on their last drive uh, to seal the deal for the Buccaneers. There, the Vikings kicker Dan Bailey missed four kicks, including three field goals and an extra point. Uh, if, if Mike Zimmer was serious about uh, keeping this team on track and finishing this season strong, he would cut Dan Bailey today, but I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> What's so funny, Lamont? <laughs> he said cut him today. He said cut him today. He's trying to cut the man today, said, No, I mean, you know, yeah, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay also showed something too. Uh, it's a long season, Mr. Brady. Is your body holding up for the rest of the season? Some of his throws <laughs> looked like they was falling kind of short. Not not that I, you know, ever counting them out, especially in big game with rest situations, but yeah, Minnesota may be in a bad mood, but if we run into Minnesota with a bad kicker. That, that might be another upset for the Bears, man. So we might want the kicker to stay bad right now if we're a Bear fan. But in reality, Tampa Bay survived, as you said. But I don't see them surviving a lot of other teams. So. Well, well, you know, for me, well, for me, look, you left a lot of points on the board if you're, if you're in Minnesota. You know, there were some other things that mm -hmm. kind of, that that happened after you know after those beside those extra points and the missed field goals. You know, Kirk Cousins had had a key fumble that kind of stalled the drive there, so they probably will not be in a very good mood. I mean, look, if you're Tampa, you you take the win, I guess, and if you're Brady, you're kind of wondering, like, you know, is he showing that you know the forty two year old body is showing? You know, Father Time is undefeated, <laughs> so you know didn't have his best game, but they did just enough to win. So you you kind of take the win and try to you know improve your seed in the, for the NFC playoffs. Yeah. yeah, but it's also two uh, last uh, notes from that game. It was nice to see Scotty Miller and Robert Gronkowski both uh, reach the end zone. Yeah, that was pretty. That was a lot of fun, and I think I think that was his, I think you know Miller. I think that was like one of his not his first, but I think like I think he's still like in the, in the single digits. So that's always nice to see. And also, mm -hmm. we all, we always love when Gronk gets in the end zone. So that's <laughs> that's always fun. And, and Scotty Miller, one of them guys I root for. Like him, Beasley, look guys like that. I root for. Remind me of. Uh, my... <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, that's a name going way back. <laughs> uh, other action from Week 14: The Kansas City Chiefs defeat the Miami Dolphins 33-27. I did watch this 
game the entire first half via my computer. Uh, it, as we said, Lakina, in our last episode, this game was going to be competitive. The Dolphins never gave up. But Kansas City uh, took over in that third quarter. The Dolphins made it interesting late, but the Chiefs barely uh, held on for a victory. Patrick Mahomes, he had three interceptions, but he had two touchdown passes for 393 yards. Travis Kelsey came up big with eight catches for 136 yards, including the big touchdown reception uh, towards the end of that first half. Tyreek Hill had a big game as well with one rushing touchdown and one receiving touchdown. If Tyreek Hill is not the fastest guy in the NFL, I don't know who is. <laughs> yeah, I say I want to know who that who that guy is. I mean, that guy is a freak of nature, tight freak kill, as I call him. Um, look, Pat Mahomes showed he was a little bit he was a little bit human those three interceptions, but but you know the defense, you know that my defense is pretty good, so you you'll forgive him for that. I mean, they did enough to win that game. They kind of kept you know kept the ball away from Tua and that offense late. So you know, look, you're gonna have these kinds of these kinds of you know games that you're gonna be sort of. Get, you're going to get your best shot from everybody. And the Chiefs, you know, play the Saints next Sunday. So I'm looking forward to that. We'll get to that on Friday. But that was a very entertaining game. I also watched it, too, via my laptop. <laughs> <laughs> I, I caught the highlights of it. And uh, I like that cornerback uh, for Miami. And they got him playing again. They got him. They play, he played out with the Edwards guy. That was that was like the interceptions that he had. One of them, dude, the, he took the he took the ball from the receiver on one of the interceptions. The other two was tipped, but I still think that people are showing the cracks in the Kansas City armor. If you hit them and you run on them, you can beat them. Like I don't feel like they can't be beat. Like I feel like they found a way to win. They found a way to win three of these games that they won. And I don't look at it so much as them finding a way as the other team allowing them to find a way. So you can't you can't play a perfect game, which is you know no one plays a perfect game, but you got to play as close to perfect as possible to beat them. But I do think if you slap him around enough, he starts to get a little bit rattled and starts to throwing it off a little quicker than what he normally does. But they still probably the best team in the NFL right now since another team that I'm fond of decided <laughs> to show the world that they wasn't as good as they thought they was. <laughs> we'll get to them later. Yeah, yeah. Xavier and Howard, who you're, who you're talking about for the Dolphins. Been to a couple of Pro Bowls. Been to a couple of Pro Bowls, the corner, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he has five straight games now with an interception. He, uh, we talked about him on Friday, Lakina. Yes, um, we did. He could be a difference maker, and he did take one away late in that third quarter from Tyreek Hill. So he's a pretty good one as well. Uh, yeah. Another game that I watched in its entirety via my computer, uh, the Arizona Cardinals get, uh, get back on track, uh, defeating the New York Giants 26-7. Lakina, I know we both picked the uh, – I know I picked the New York Giants you know, <laughs> on our last uh, episode. They did not show up yesterday. They showed up physically, but um, as far as football-wise, eh, not not so much. Callum Murray, he was 24 for 4, 435 for 244 yards to the touchdown pass. Kenyon Drake, 23 carries, 80 yards, and a touchdown. DeAndre Hopkins showed back up on the score sheet, nine catches for 136 yards. Lakina, Arizona still hanging on to a wild card spot at 7-6. Sunday's game proved to me that they can win a, a, a game, big game on the road with their backs against the wall. But the Arizona's defense really, really showed up on Sunday. 
I was surprised. I thought this game was going to be a lot closer. I also picked I picked Arizona, but I thought this was going to be very close. I mean, Arizona. I mean, they they basically you know they dominated that game from the word from the word go. I mean, mm-hmm. Hassan Reddick had five sacks. I think that's the first time I think in a few years that that's ha- that's happened. I think yeah. Adrian Claiborne. You got to go all the way back to like the mid two thousands. Adrian Claiborne did it. Dennis Gedrick had a couple of big sacks. So that's a Look, this is probably their their best performance of the season for the defense. And you're you're going to need that if you want to go farther, you know, get into the playoffs and go far. And, you know, look, look, Kyler Murray did his thing. You know, DeAndre Hopkins did his thing. You know, they, they kept the drives going. You know, they, they kept uh, the offense from the Giants off the field. The defense did. And the, the Giants, the Giants, I don't know what the heck happened. I mean, they, they just, they did not, Daniel Jones did not look good at all. He, he was really hurt. Did. He was hurt. That's what yeah. they probably. Was. He was hurt. You see him kept getting up limping. He was hurt. He was hurt real bad, I think. I don't think he should have played. He wasn't ready before the game, and then he said, okay, I'm going to play. And I think after that second hit, he was done. And if Arizona get a defense, Lakina, people going to be scared to play Arizona. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about that. Get, yeah, get a couple, get maybe a, another front seven guy or two, and yeah, they'll be the kings in that NFC West. They'll be, oh, at least they'll be right there with the, the Rams and the Seahawks. Uh, the last of the early uh, key early games, uh, the Tennessee Titans defeat the Jacksonville Jaguars 31-10. to 10. Shout out to our friend of the show, Spiro Didis of CBS. He called that game yesterday. The Titans were another team that were dominant from start to finish. Of course, they had the embarrassing loss uh, at home against Cleveland last week. Uh, they showed up on Sunday against uh, division rival Jacksonville. Ryan Tannehill, uh, 212 yards and two touchdown passes. Kaluna, a beautiful strike to A.J. Brown in the first quarter. What a catch by him. King Derek, Derek Henry did his thing. 26 carries, 215 yards and two touchdown scores. And A.J. Brown, speaking of A.J. Brown, uh, he had seven receptions and 112 yards to go along with that touchdown catch in the first quarter. Lakina, is Tennessee back to being uh, – uh, not just a playoff contender, but maybe perhaps a Super Bowl contender. <laughs> look, I mean, look, I think playing Jacksonville will always, you know, cure what ails you, I guess. So, look, I mean, the Titans looked really good yesterday. I mean, isn't it a mirage, you know, since they were playing the Jags? We see what this team can do. So, I look, I think they'll 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 make some noise in the AFC. So, but I think they're they're right there. They're kind of right there, like that second tier. So. Look, I mean, Derek Cameron showed, showed you why that maybe he should get the MVP. He's in consideration MVP. I mean, A.J. Brown, look, if you guys have never heard of this kid, this kid's really good, one of the top wide receivers in the league. I mean, the, the defense, I mean, they're opportunistic. We, we talked about them. I mean, they did just enough to kind of slow down the Jags. So I think the Titans are kind of right there in that second tier like they were last year. Yep, and being right there makes them dangerous. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that they're ready to take the whole thing, but I wouldn't want to play them. <laughs> like if I could avoid them, I would, especially early in the playoffs, because I don't, you know. And then as this weather gets worse, depending on where these playoff games are going to be played at, they can make them even more dangerous. If it's twenty degrees where the game played at, it's hard trying to tackle that man in twenty degree weather. I think his stats go up like ten or twenty percent when the weather's twenty degrees or lower. So I wouldn't want to play him in a bad stadium in the wintertime. All right, let's take a look back at some of the key late games from Sunday's Week 14 action. We'll start with Lamont's 
other favorite team, the New Orleans Saints. They dropped to 10 and 3, <laughs> losing to the Philadelphia Eagles 24 to 21. Come on, Lamont. Come on, Lamont. Look, I watched the game and shout out. And when we get to our congratulations and stuff, you'll hear more about this game. Um, wasn't ready. Wasn't ready. Said they was ready all week. Said they was prepared for him because they had enough time. But they was not ready for Jalen Hurts. <laughs> Bottom line, they thought that they can do what they did the previous couple of weeks. Ride the hot hand. They don't need breathe. They can make it through. So they didn't prepare properly for Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts outrushed uh, Dalvin Cook this week. So that lets you know right there that you should have been preparing more for Jalen Hurts. Plus, he know how to throw the ball a little bit. And they even admitted that going into the game. Well, we have to pay attention to his arm also. They didn't pay attention to that neither. And I think that they thought that they could continue to just ride the whole, we can run, we can tip, we can American carriers, American carriers. But if that team doesn't get a real backup quarterback, they they could be in trouble going forward. And if 10 cracked ribs don't heal properly, they definitely could be in trouble. And I think you say that next game is against Kansas City? Yep. They could get real ugly if he's not ready to go. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Philly played a good game. I mean, Alshon, where he been all year, decided to show up. So yeah, I mean it it was a it was a, a win by Philadelphia. They 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 can like I say, all they could say was they wasn't ready. I think they overlooked it and they wasn't ready. I did watch the majority of this game in its entirety via my computer. <laughs> For those of you that are listening to us in the Chicagoland area, you guys were forced to watch the Green Bay Detroit game, which we were we will review in just a second. Uh, Lamont just stole all my talk talking points. Philadelphia was ready in that first half, uh, leading 17-0 at the half. Of course, the Saints came back with thir uh, 14 third-quarter points, but the, the Eagles had a, just enough to win. Jalen Hurts was amazing. As you say, Lamont, all the time, coach your team and not your scheme. Uh, yep. that, was kind of the, that was kind of the uh, opposite uh, to an extent for Philadelphia on Sunday. They played to Jalen Hurts what he could do best, what he could, could he not do. And like you said, Lamont, he outrushed Dalvin Cook. Jalen Hurts had 106 yards off of 18 carries, but he had a touchdown pass to Alshon Jeffrey early in uh, in the first quarter, but it ended up with 167 passing yards on the day. Miles Sanders, who, who was the key, I believe, to Philadelphia's victory on Sunday, he had 14 carries for 115 yards and two touchdowns. You guys stole all my, you guys stole all my, uh, my notes here. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean <laughs> great minds though, but no, 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 no worries. Good, great minds to collect. I mean, Miles Sanders. I mean, where's he been all season? Come on, Doug Peters. Why aren't you using that this this guy more? Also, Jalen yeah. Hurts rushed for 100 yards as well, 106 yards to be exact. I mean, he did have that fumble that kept the Saints in it, but thankfully their defense, who had five sacks, you know, was able mm -hmm. to kind of stave off that comeback there for the Saints. I think they may have that they might have gotten caught looking ahead a little bit. Maybe they saw that you know they're having problems with their quarterback and everything. You know, and the Saints probably might have gotten caught looking ahead to that Chiefs game next week. So 
I'm thinking maybe they probably got caught with, with their pants down, sort of, kind of. And, you know, I think Jalen Hurts said, uh, hello, I'm here, and I'm not really English to this. So they, they just announced that he's going to be the quarterback, going to be a quarterback again this week for them. So could be some, could be a, could be some things brewing in Philly. Another quarterback we passed on, right? I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> speaking, speaking of another stud quarterback, uh, the Green Bay Packers uh, are keeping up with the Saints for that top spot of the NFC playoff picture. They defeated the Detroit Lions 31-24 to on the road. The Packers are now 10-3. and Aaron Rodgers had 290 yards passing, including three touchdowns. Running back Aaron Jones had 15 carries for 69 yards. Devontae Adams had a uh, well of a game, seven receptions, 115 yards, including a beautiful uh, catch and run for a touchdown in that first half. Uh, Green Bay looks like they're they're on a roll. As I mentioned, they're, they're in lock and step with the New Orleans Saints. They actually own the tiebreaker with the Saints as far as the number one seed is concerned because they defeated the Saints on Sunday night football early in the season. So the Packers are looking, looking like they're, they're primed for another playoff run. But as I mentioned before, uh, going against physical teams, they seem to crumble. But yesterday, it was a division game against the Lions. They kind of had to struggle a little bit to come out of Detroit with that victory. But they got done where they need to get done, with, which was a, a key division victory. Also, you know, to, like you like you said, you know, these NFC North games, you, know, you always sort of like, you know, scrimp and you know, scratch and claw your way. And that's mm -hmm. what they did. That's, that's what they did. I mean, that's how their earlier, their earlier season matchup was. So... I didn't expect anything different. You know, the Lions will always give you a fight. So, and, you know, the Packers had just enough to win that game. So, I look, they clinched in the North, you know, once again for the second straight year. And, look, I mean, I think they're showing you that they, they can't keep up with the, the, the physical teams because that was their problem last year. They ran to a physical team and just crumbled. But I think you're starting to see that fight, you know, I think you know. I think you can see that it might be different this time, depending on the matchups are. But I think I think they're showing you that they can't keep up with the physicality of some of these teams. Well, I, I don't. I, I don't really. I can't really compare their physicality when they're playing a team in the North, because all the North games are just the same, except when you play the Bears. When they play the Bears, it's not <laughs> like that. But when they play Minnesota and Detroit, it's physical and stuff. And all of the North is physical except when the Bears play the Packers. But as far as those other teams that will get physical with them, I don't know. I mean, I think I think Green Bay is riding a wave of disrespect. I think Aaron Rodgers feel like he's the most disrespected man in football. One, because they only talk about Pat Mahomes. Two, because management drafted a quarterback with the number one pick. So – I think he felt like, I got something to prove. I'm still the man. I'm still, to quote that man on that other channel, I'm a bad man. So <laughs> I think you want to let them know that. Another late game from Sunday. The Washington football team now the leaders in the clubhouse in the NFC East after taking advantage of the New York Giants losing early in the day to the Arizona Cardinals. Washington defeats the, the San Francisco 49ers 23-15. to 15. The Washington football team's defense, as we told you all season long, one of the best underrated units in football, at least their front line. Their secondary got it done, taking advantage of two 49ers turnovers and returning them both for touchdowns. Running back J.D. McKissick for Washington had 11 carries for 68 yards. Alex Smith went out with an injury. I did see some of that game live via my computer. Uh, he went out late. Durant Hesses came in in relief. 
Now, Washington, as I mentioned, is in the leader in the clubhouse as far as the NFC East division is concerned. They have a tough game next week at home against Seattle. Uh, Lakina, I'll start with you. If Alex Smith is out for next week or after next week, uh, even though Washington has battled back to respectability uh, this season, uh, Washington, they, they could be in trouble once again. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, we saw early in the season with Dwayne Haskins. That's why Coach Rivera mm -hmm. made the switch. So they've got the Seahawks, you know, they got the Panthers, and they finish up with the Eagles. So if hopefully you're, you're hoping that, you know, Alex Smith's calf isn't going to be an issue. It looks like it's not serious, but mm -hmm. it, it's, yeah, you're kind of, you should be a little bit nervous if you're a Washington fan right now. But look, they've, they've done, you know, they've done enough to kind of be right there, you know, to be in contention for the NFC East, which doesn't take much. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, this, this, is, this is a team that they could have just, you know, walked away in the field position and just, you know, just said forget the rest of the season. But they didn't. You know, they took the personality of their coach and who we know very well here. And, you know, they've been able to kind of get right there in the position. It's like, yeah, you hope that – and Smith was able to come back from that horrible leg injury. You hope that his calf was on his other leg, mind you. It's not that, it's not that leg. So you hope it's, it's not mm -hmm. very serious and that he can be able, to, he'll be able to play. And I think they're already saying that uh, Haskins is the quarterback. So it's going to be ugly for him. But it's, it's one thing that's going to keep them <laughs> And it's them three number one picks. <laughs> and, and we'll get to those when we get to our studs and does later. But uh, they got something secret in Washington. And Washington only missing one thing, really. Well, one and a half things. So – if they find a way to get that one and a half thing straight, I think Washington's going to be something to deal with. They're going to earn a name for that team. They're going to be called the Washington winners in a minute. Keep, keep it up. Keep playing with them. <laughs> They're going to be called the Washington winners in a minute. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, a couple other games to review quickly uh, from week 14. The Seattle Seahawks get back on track. They are now 94. They defeat the New York Jets, who are now on 13-40-3. Russell Wilson with four touchdown passes. DK Metcalf gets back in the end zone with 61 yards receiving in the touchdown. The Indianapolis Colts uh, might have sealed the fate for the Las Vegas Raiders as, as they defeated the, the Raiders 44-27 to on the row. Jonathan Taylor for Indianapolis had 20 carries for 150 yards, including two touchdowns. And, of course, num who's, who's number 23, Lakina, for the Colts? He had a great one-handed interception. That, that, that was just sweet. Wait. I gotta look him up, but I think I don't think I think that's Leonard, if I'm not mistaken. But I'll look it up. Yeah, so Indianapolis takes care of business. They're one game, two games up now on the Raiders for that last wild card spot. And of course, from Sunday Night Football, the Pittsburgh Steelers, after starting out the year 11 to 0, they're now have lost their last two games. They drop another one, this time to the Buffalo Bills by the score of 26 to 15, making two wins in a row for the Buffalo Bills over the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, in prime time on Sunday night football. Josh Allen, two touchdown passes all for 238 yards passing. Zach Moss for Buffalo had 43 yards rushing. Stephon Diggs had a big game for Buffalo with 10 catches for 130 yards and a touchdown. Lamont, I'll start with you. Do you consider Buffalo Bills a real threat come playoff time? Especially if they play in Buffalo, yeah. I was, I was, I didn't catch those picks, Friday. Did everybody pick Buffalo? Yep. Yep. That's smart. Uh, <laughs> whoever has to go play Buffalo, and if it's in Buffalo, it's gonna be a problem. And I don't really care who it is. That defense is starting to play much, 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 much better. 
And one, that was really the only problem because Stephon Diggs going to do his thing. If they use that running back like they should use him more, I mean, it would be better. I'm a super fan of Mr. Beasley. So I, I kind of believe in Buffalo and those uniforms they wore. One of the best in the league. I love the all-red. Oh, you like their red uniforms. Yeah, the all-red, yeah. I prefer, I prefer the all-red, too, actually. Yeah. yeah. I rock with the all-red. I so, love it. I, I was with them all the way. And you know I like my Pittsburgh because I love the coach. But uh, Pittsburgh seemed to want to fall back to the pack. And, and now, I don't know what the rest of the – I think do – they, they don't play – do they play Cleveland again? Who, Pittsburgh? I'll yeah. check, but – I think they, they do. Hold I think, on, they, yeah, I think they do too. Stuff. Yeah. I think that's gonna be a loss. I End think of the season. End of the season. That's gonna be to decide that division. And, and I think they might lose it. And yeah. And, yeah I, and I can't wait to pick that game. You know, just like when y'all had just was on that Jets game before that, uh, the rest of their season gonna be interesting too. But as far as Buffalo, <laughs> yeah, I think Buffalo is a real deal. I mean, they real. Just to clean it up, Kenny Moore the second had that great uh, one-handed interception for the Colts last night in that game yeah. against the Raiders. Now, as far as the Bills Steelers, I mean that was kind of a. I'm, I'm glad it kind of you know it kind of kicked the gear because that first for the first quarter and a half it was kind of boring. It was like okay, no one's there. I think yeah. they were kind of like feeling each other out. So, you know, I think that's probably what it, it was. was. A it was a heavyweight fight. It was like, you throw a right, I'm going to throw a right. I'm going to counter with a left, you counter with a right. That's what it was. It was a good fight. Like, I'm lucky I had two TVs on because I was watching something else at the same time. But, yeah, it was a good fight. Yeah, I'm hoping that they use the running backs more because they have a couple of pretty good running backs. But also, look, Stephon, <laughs> Stephon Diggs, you know, did his thing at 130 yards, a touchdown catch. So, I think that kind of helped. I mean, they kind of – Josh Allen didn't make too many. He had an interception early in the game, but he kind of, you know, sort of settled down and, you know, kind of, you know, chugged his way through and kind of helped, helped the, the Bills sort of offense start scoring points. Also the defense. I mean, they, they were just, you know, in, in just, just incredible that defense to get Tremaine Edmonds had a couple of tackles. Also Jordan Pryor had six led with six solo tackles. So, Look, I look. I'm not gonna say that the Bills are a team to beat, but I think they're sort of saying, "Hey, you know what? Don't forget about us." Yeah, let it be a storm in Buffalo come January. I bet you don't nobody want to go over there and play them. Nobody. <laughs> yeah, yeah especially globe. with yeah. yeah, especially with no fans. Mm. Exactly. Are <laughs> uh, you listening to Second City Sports along with Lakina McGee and Lamont Scott? I am Sydney Brown. I'll turn it over to you, Lakina, as we now get to our studs and dust for week number 14. Yay, yay, studs. I just will keep up with this game, the Bills. They're one of my studs. I mean, look, Josh Allen, a couple of touchdowns. Stephon Diggs, I talked about him. I talked about the defense. Like I said, I mean, they're, they're to me, I think they're right there as the best team in the AFC. They clinched the AFC East, you know, and me, which means that the Patriots are now eliminated from playoff contention. So, you know, this will probably definitely the end of the, the end of an era there. Um, who else? I mean, Green Bay. Yeah, you know, we talked about Green Bay. I mean, they they had a great a great showing. I mean, look, they did just enough to win against a rivalry game. And um, a couple more, Arizona, you know, we talked about them earlier. The defense, you know, Hassan Reddick, I mean, he was great. Dennis Gedrick, they were both great. I mean, just, 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 a, just a great showing by that, by that uh, 
Cardinals defense is definitely their best their best of the season. So those are all my three studs. Uh, okay. Well, uh, one of them you took. Ooh, I, I was going to go. I was going to go with Arizona because Arizona looked like if they get a defense, they could be super good. Uh, the other two are individual players. One, uh, Cole Komet, because has he missed a lot of balls or had they just not thrown him some balls? Because the highlights I saw, it looked like when he get the ball, he know what to do. And if that is the case, now I'm back mad at Matt Nagy. Because how have you had this man all year and not used him? That's called coaching. <laughs> <laughs> and my last one is uh, Chase Young. Did you, did you see how fast he is? Yeah. <laughs> Chase Young is going to be everything. He's not going to be, and I'm not knocking the uh, gentleman. I think he plays with Tennessee now. Uh, I'm not knocking him now. But he had went to Seattle. You know, he was a top pick. He had a great hit in college. I'm not going to knock the brother. Because I thought, you know, he was going to be everything that I'm seeing in Chase Young that I hadn't seen in him when he came out. But Chase Young is actually showing me everything that I thought he would show me when he came out. So uh, uh, I think you're talking about Jadavion Clowney, right? Yep, Lamont? that's exactly what I'm talking <laughs> he's about. He's gone for the year for the Titans because of injuries. Yeah. Yep, that's exactly what I'm talking about. You know, I thought Chase Young might turn into that, but he's showing you that, no, I got some talent over here, player. So uh, shout out to Chase Young, man. The guys are freak. My three. The guys are yep. freak. Just insane. Yeah. My three's. My three studs quickly, Tyreek Hill from Kansas City, Hassan Reddick, five sacks for the Arizona Cardinals, and Derek King, King Derek Henry from the Tennessee Titans with 215 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, no surprises there. So on the other side of the, uh, the coin, the duds, I, would have a, I have a kicker, Dan Bailey. Why do you still have a job? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you, they, they're going to need you if they want to make the playoffs. If they want to make a push for the playoffs. They're going to need you to make these kicks. I don't know if it's mental. Weather wasn't a problem. There was no wind. You were playing in Tampa, so it wasn't snowing or rain or anything like that. So, dude, come on. Um, another dud. And, you know, sorry, Lamonts, the Saints. You got caught looking ahead to Kansas City. <laughs> he, gave up a lot of, he gave up a lot of sacks. Taysom Hill, we always run for his life. The Eagles played their best game this season. Eagles, my bonus stud, by the way. But sorry, New Orleans, you get a dud from me. And also, I'm going to go outside the box here with my last dud. All the pundits of Chicago, slow your wool when you say that they made the Bears made the right choice by picking uh, Trubisky over Watson. It's only one game. Yes, I know, the I know the stats, you know, it's just it's just annoying that people are saying, oh, look, you know, Trubisky, I'll do a Watson. He had nobody, Watson. Watson didn't have anybody. You guys could have done a better <laughs> job, could have done a good job against that trash Texas defense. Come on. So those are my three duds. Carry on, guys. Uh, uh, I, 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 I'm going to be with you and jump on the bandwagon because great minds think alike. The New Orleans Saints, yes, y'all have some duds this week. How could you? You don't want to be number one if you lose like that. To a rookie, y'all supposed to be better than that. Uh, next, uh, Pittsburgh. Y'all just went on break. Y'all went y'all on a three-week <laughs> three hiatus. <laughs> I'm just saying. When last time Pittsburgh played a good game against Baltimore, and they barely won that one. 
So, yeah, Pittsburgh. And last, I, and I got to give a stir, and I know Lakina, you just said he didn't have nobody to throw to, but I was counting on Deshaun Watson to embarrass Mitchell Trubisky and the Houston <laughs> embarrassed the Bears. I needed him to come in here and show them why and how incompetent they are. And I begged, I was like, come on, Deshaun. Uh, okay, throw it to me. Throw it to anybody, and you'll beat them. And it just didn't happen. So Houston and him get my last one. But I was counting on him to just run, naggy, pace, Trubisky. I was counting on him to run them all out of town. And I heard the announcer doing the Bears game mention a comment about, uh, yeah, uh, Mr. Trubisky, no disrespect, going to make a great backup quarterback one day. <laughs> and like, anytime, anytime an announcer says that about you, that's that's a telltale sign to your management. Oh uh, yeah, Kevin. Yeah, I remember. I, yeah, I heard him, Kevin Harlan, say that. I'm like, he did it in such a. He said it in such a very respectful way too. <laughs> yeah, he was. <laughs> uh, you, you guys stole all the mic. Does I'll just uh, nail mine down to one, and that's the New York Football Giants. You had a chance to take control of the NFC East by you losing and by Washington winning on the road. Now you are in second place. And guess who's who's a game behind you, New York football Giants, in second place, for second place? The Dallas Cowboys, who had a big win at Cincinnati on Sunday. So I'm giving my dud to the New York Giants. <laughs> you, you can't really call a win against Cincinnati big, though. They were supposed to be Cincinnati. Cincinnati don't got nobody or a quarterback. <laughs> so, yeah, they better have one. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that is true. That is very true. So we're going to take a really quick break. So got a lot to talk about, too. You got NBA preseason. The Bulls played a couple of games over the weekend. Also, you know, Kevin Durant makes his return. Also, Steph Curry makes his return. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Also, college football, some big changes ahead. Also, college hoops could maybe college hoops to have to be postponed. So we got a lot of stuff to do to, and to talk about still. So we'll be right back with more Second City Sports Zoom style. Zoom, Zoom style. And welcome back to hour two or segment two, however you want to say it, of Second City Sports <laughs> Zoom style. Zoom, Zoom style. Once again, I'm Lakina McGee, and you can follow me at Keena McGee on the Twitter and at Keena underscore McGee on the IG. And I'm Lamont Scott. You can follow me on Lamont Scott on Facebook, Lamont Scott 69 on Instagram, and Lamont Scott 16 on Twitter. I'm Sydney Brown. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You can go to our website at www.wearegalradio.com. That's W E A R E R E G A L radio.com. And you can catch this podcast, Second City Sports, along with the other podcast programming from War Media by simply searching for War or Anger. Wherever you download your podcast, including the iHeartRadio app, make sure you type in that search engine box, War on Anchor. That's W-A-R-R on Anchor. We're also on the tube, a.k.a. YouTube, at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media. Like, comment, share, subscribe. You can not only listen to us, but watch us do our thing live. Look alive! 
All right. Make sure you like and subscribe on the YouTube page. Also share too and tell your friends. Now let's do a little NBA preseason, kind of get that out the way, you guys. Uh, we'll start with the Bulls, of course. The Bulls. Go Bulls, go. All right. They, they, go they, Bulls, they, go. They split All right, that's their, enough, Lamont. <laughs> they, split their, they split their many two – they many two game series with the with the Rockets. They got their butts kicked on Friday, on Friday, losing by twenty eight. But also, but they actually bounced back last night and had a nice win against them. This is a new system, a new got new coaching staff. So if you guys got a chance to watch, what has impressed you, or what what impressions have you gotten so far from these first two preseason games for the Bulls? Uh. You know, Kobe White is uh, – I want him to see, as I said before, these last couple of weeks, I want him to see if he's going to become that complete player that Billy Donovan wants in his point guard. Of course, we all know that White is a great scorer. He can catch and shoot. He can create his own shot as well. But watching those two preseason games over the weekend against the Rockets, every time he drove into the lane, he would lose the ball. I want him to take care of the ball better. And I also want him to see – if he can, can become that complete player as far as being a playmaker is, is concerned. I know, Lamont, we talked about that as well now with uh, Chicago's very young Hall of Famer uh, assistant coach Maurice Cheeks, Maurice Cheeks on Billy Donovan's staff now. So I want to see how Kobe White can improve in that department. Zach Levine, he's a scorer, so we know we're going to get from him. Laurie Marketing, I know he got nicked up in Sunday night's uh, preseason game. Hopefully he can stay healthy. Uh, you would like to see him and take that next step offensively, but defensively he cannot play defense. No one can play defense in that middle for the Chicago Bulls other than Daniel Gafford. Uh, we saw last season uh, some signs that he could be the, that defensive stopper. He led the NBA rookies in block shots last year. I actually liked, liked what I saw from Daniel Gafford on Sunday night. He played 12 minutes and grabbed four total rebounds. He actually, and he had two block shots in there as well. So I like what I see from him. Patrick Williams, the rookie small forward out of Florida State. I like the potential in him. It's going to take him some time. I, I I think he can improve better on his on on his game on the offensive end, but I like what he does defensively. So you can't complain too much about him right there. So there's some overall signs that the Bulls can be a, a decent team, but it, it's going to be a long process, guys. So I, I just say uh, brace this long, long crazy sometimes even frustrating ride, but I think it's going to pay off in the long run. Um. I think that uh, Kobe White will become that point guard simply because of the Maurice Cheeks factor. If you look at the way he passed the ball from the first game to the second game, and I think each game will get better as far as his distributing the ball. We know he can score. We know all that. Well, I think the Bulls' problem come in, as they said, as you mentioned it also, the Bulls have a conundrum where Daniel Gafford needs to start at center. But if that happens, that means one or two people have to go to the bench. Who do you put on the bench, Marketing or Carter? Both of them are power forwards. Marketing is not mm -hmm. a center. So Carter is not a center. So I think with Marketing being nicked up, I think if they run that team out there with Carter, Gafford at the front, and Marketing hurt so he has to come off the bench, will work out better for them going forward in these next couple of preseason games. But they need that center. Gafford is that center that we have on the staff because it's definitely not 
Felicio or Cornette. So we, we know it's not them. And the thing with that is that they need to stop playing Wendell Carter out of position. He's a power forward. I don't know why do they continue to try to make this man a center. He's not a center. And and they keep doing it. But as far as uh, Kobe White, I think his passing will get better. And then with him having a direct contact with Chris Paul, I think that's going to help him out a lot, too, as far as his passing game goes. So, I mean, I look for him to keep going. Another, per- another person I thought that was very impressive was Patrick, Wils- Patrick Williams, the, the rookie from Florida State. He had some you know, big shots. He had 12 in the first game. He had 13 last night. He looked really good. I'm a little worried about marketing. Even before he got nicked up, he was having his struggles, especially on Friday. He <laughs> struggled a bit you know, in those last you know, few games before they, everything had to shut down. So I'm a little bit worried. I mean, is it, is it lack of desire? Is it the fact that he feels like it's within? He just doesn't have the confidence. I don't know. That's something to look out for. Um, look, I, I'm with you on Wendell Carter Jr. Lamont. I mean, he is not a center. He never has been. He's more of a power <laughs> forward. So I wish they would. He's totally playing out of position. So I wish they would put him power, at power forward. Look, you know, Zach Levine, you know, does, is going to do his thing. So I'm not worried about him. Kobe White, I, I, I think, like you said, Lamont having Mo, Mo Cheeks there to kind of help him because I think him, his game and his, both their games, you know, were, his game was very similar to Kobe. So I'm thinking that maybe he can kind of help him out a little bit. Not be too, not be so careless with the ball, you know, be able to not afraid to take shots. So I like what I saw, you know, yesterday. I mean, last night, I should say. So I think, I think, like, I, like we've been saying, I think Bulls fans should kind of pace themselves on their expectations. If, oh, they, yeah. could, if they could get to mm-hmm. like right there, like in the cusp of, you know, playing that play in game for the playoffs, however they're going to do it. You, you, gotta feeling, you got, yeah, you got to be, you got to be, you're feeling satisfied. And, but like yeah. we also said too, we're, I think we're trying, I think, you know, our tourists and also Mark Eversley, they're trying to see like, okay, who can fit and who can they, who can they build a team around? I think this is, this is sort of like a, a one-year tryout, if you will, for a lot of these guys. But something else you mentioned, Lakina, uh, Patrick Williams, um, not, 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 not disappointed in his pick at all anymore. He showed me he has the NBA body. And he's not afraid to score on offense. He got a pretty little jump shot, too. And he'll get you a rebound. So uh, we might have made a good move with him. But I think the problem will be that marketing situation with that. But even if marketing is not ready, we still got Thad Young on the bench. He can bag up Wendell Carter at power forward and let Gafford continue to play center. So I think that coaching staff is finally smart enough to realize some of these things. And we might see it happen. Also, another player that I want to point out for the Bulls is Otto Porter Jr. Ever since he was traded here over a year and a half ago, he, he's missed a lot of games due to various injuries. But he had a, a pretty good game in 24 minutes of action on Sunday night, uh, going 5 of 8, scoring 12 points in 24 minutes of action. If Otto Porter Jr. can stay healthy, he can really bring some additional scoring to that, uh, that small forward spot. If he can stay healthy, man, that's his job. Just stay healthy, mm-hmm. man. That's yeah. like something he hasn't been. But we got a whole new training staff this year up there. So he, he should stay. If he can stay healthy, Sid, he is a good – he can score if he can stay healthy. I think before he got hurt the first time, he was leading the league in three-point percentages. So he can, if he can stay healthy, though, the man just seemed to, you know, not stay healthy. 
He's also playing for a contract too. Remember that, guys. So he's he's mm-hmm. sort of like you know I wouldn't expect him to kind of just sort of he's, try try his best to be able to play well this season so he can get that new money. <laughs> he he ain't played out that old money yet. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> that is very Fact. true. That is very true. So. Yeah, so I, I, like like we've been saying, I think the I think Bulls fans are sort of tip of their expectations. They will play the Thunder on Wednesday. That will be the last preseason game. Remember, it's good. It's, remember, the preseason is very limited, so you're not gonna. I don't think Billy Donovan and the rest of the Bulls staff is not gonna be able to kind of make any assumptions with all these three preseason games. But it's a sort of a, a nice little sort of you know groundwork. We'll we'll see what happens. What uh, let's talk about the NBA as a whole, right? Quick. What do you, did you guys get a chance to see any other preseason games? Would if, if so, what do you guys? What are your thoughts? Of course, you know I watched one preseason game for sure. The Phoenix Suns and the Sacramento Kings. I watched that, and uh, Chris Paul didn't play. He's playing tonight, but he, he didn't play in the first game, and that's what they missing. They they don't have no one that can create his own shot other than Devin Booker. So that's what they're missing. I was happy to see that uh, Mala Cousin is the first one off the bench. He is DeAndre Aiden's replacement. Whenever Aiden needs a spell, he's the man to go in the game. They don't have nobody else behind him or in front of him. So that was a good thing to see. And um, I also watched the uh, Charlotte game. Lamelo, but what? How you? Which one is he? He Lamelo. Which one is he? Yeah, Miss Lamelo. Miss Lamelo. He Lamelo. He better than Lonzo already. I don't know. <laughs> That's not setting the bar very high. That's not setting the bar yeah. very high. <laughs> I'm just saying, after one preseason game, I think he gonna be better than his brother, and he didn't score. He he didn't try to score. But the man had like 10 rebounds, five assists, couple of blocks. The way he rebounds for a guard and the things he do with the ball when he's bringing the ball up court, he, the way he run that ball up court, it's, it's, it's been a while. It's been a while out since I've seen a point guard run the ball, pass the ball with accuracy. We talking Mark Jackson is like passing from him in, a, in his first game. But the way he cares about rebounding and defense, I think they grew him up with learning how to shoot can come. You can always learn how to shoot. Michael Jordan couldn't shoot. So <laughs> when he hit the Bulls, he couldn't shoot. So you can always learn to shoot. But the other stuff that he has, you can't teach. Like, that stuff is in him. And the way he gets that rebound and push that ball and get it to the right person all the time, that's going to be something to watch. Like, I'm literally going to catch every Charlotte game I can just to see him play. And I never thought that about his brother. Not one time. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets, uh, they look good so far. Of course, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are both back. Hopefully, Kyrie uh, earlier today spoke to the media. So, I'm sure he's tired of uh, the, the league taking 25K out his bank account and off his mm-hmm. check paper check. Uh, Kevin Durant looks good. He had a good baseline dunk on in Sunday night's win against Washington. Uh, the, the Pistons look good so far. They beat the Knicks. Uh, on the other side for the Knicks, their rookie from Dayton, he looks pretty good. Obi and uh, R.J. Barry, the second year 
your their draft pick, their sophomore. He looked good. He had 24 points in their win on Sun uh, in their loss on Sunday at Detroit. So. Uh, Tom Thibodeau, he has some work to do, but he has some nice young pieces to work with. Of course, the Lakers and the Clippers split their weekend series. And I watched a little bit of this game, uh, the Friday's version uh, of the Sacramento-Portland game. Dame Dollar, as the kids would call him, Damian Lillard, looks like he's in midseason form already. He had a couple of, of half-court uh, logo shots. He's, so, uh, he's, he's ready to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's that one go from the side. I was like, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. And also, Car- yeah, and also Carmelo Anthony looked good too on Friday. Yes, he did. Carmelo looked at night. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, yeah. Look, those 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 Clippers Lakers games were a lot of fun to watch. I mean, Taylor Taylor Horton Tucker. I mean, look, this is a kid from from Iowa State. So, I I've, I've you know been a fan of his for the last couple of years, and I I. Like kind of see, you know, this is sort of the in a new system playing with you know the reigning champions. I think that'll help him kind of give him a fresh start to his game. And yeah, look, he had a, a he had a nice nice showing there too. I mean, I liked what I saw from Brooklyn. Portland looked really Portland looked really good, even though they lost to Sacramento. I mean, I, I think I think it's a little bit a little bit too early to say. I mean, look, let's remember a lot of these teams have not played in months and some of these players who did not, who opted not to play in the bubble and haven't played in months. So I think people need to kind of be moving more forgiving as to, you know, what are they expecting from these teams? They got to keep, give them a couple of weeks to kind of get, get back into playing shape. Hey, hey Lakana, if, if I look at, I looked at uh, that, uh, the Rockets, right? Uh-huh. If the Rockets, the way John Wall moving, if the Rockets were to move Harden for like a Tobias Harris type, if they moved him for a real scoring small forward, they really wouldn't miss him because <laughs> Cousins looked like he ready to prove himself and John oh, yeah. Wall looked better than he was. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, he, has, look, he hasn't played in like three years, John Wall, yeah. so he's looking yeah, at Yeah, two first. years. Yeah, yeah, he looked great over if, the weekend. If they can get a small forward that scored for Harden and some draft picks, man. Because him and Wall ain't gonna work together. Uh, that's, you can see that already. That is not gonna happen. He's already said. He already said that supposedly he wants a trade. So yeah, it's not gonna happen, man. Because Wall Wall looked like he ready to lead him a team, and you know maybe we can send them marketing for uh, Hart. What I mean, well, I don't know. <laughs> we, need, we need something else. We'll take Wall, let Harden stay. I don't know, <laughs> but I don't think them play together. And if Brooklyn yeah. stay healthy, Brooklyn going to be a problem. And also, too, real quick before we move on, uh, you guys mentioned John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins. It was nice to see both of those guys back. Steph Curry for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, it was nice to see him get back on the court as well. And their new addition, Kelly Arube Jr., a former Washington Wizards player and a Phoenix Suns star. Uh, it was nice to see him in a uniform playing again, too. Now, uh, Kelly Arube, it looks like he's – Hopefully, if the Warriors stay healthy, he's going to be on another playoff team once again for the first time in a couple years. Yeah, and they started he'll him. He'll be uh, Clay Thompson's replacement for this year. They started him and Wiggins together. So, I mm-hmm. mean, they might have enough. With, with If Wiseman can play defense like they say he can and up there with, uh, with Draymond, I mean, I'm never counting Steph Curry out, really, with or without mm-hmm. Clay. I'm never counting Steph out because Steph will put a hundred on you, and the rest are only four twenty <laughs> win. So I'm never counting that man out. But uh, I'll be watching tonight. I'll be taping and watching tonight. Hopefully Chris Paul play tonight, 
and uh, you know, get to see what's going on. Oh, guess who else plays on that Phoenix team? Sidebar. Dancing Machine is they uh, backup point guard. Campaign. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about something totally random. My goodness. Yeah, I yeah, thought he was out when I, just, when I seen him, I was like, hey, that's Michael Jackson. That's Dancing Machine. You know Campaign. <laughs> Dancing Machine. All you look know, that, what did he do for the Bulls? He would dance around the whole time and then miss the shot. Come on, man. That's dancing machine. <laughs> Keeping up with the dancing theme here. Um, college football. Let's go to the, to the college gridiron now, guys. Um, they're finishing up their regular season. Um, a lot of teams have said that they're not going to play in their bowl game. Oh, well, let's talk about the stuff on the field first. I mean, USC, USC, you know, that USC-UCLA game was really good. That's probably one of the best, you know, games from that rivalry in a couple of years. But, you know, USC, the Cardiac Trojans pulled it out. Uh, let's see, what else? Um, Coastal, Carolina, Coastal Carolina stayed undefeated, so – you know, they're, they're, they're trying to kind of keep pace with Cincy for that plus, you know, that uh, plus one slot for the New Year's Six Bulls. Um, yes, Lamont, Illinois uh, didn't look really good against <laughs> Northwestern. And not, not the Illinois tweet, the other tweet, the LSU one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course. Of course, LSU. Of course, now they play their best game this season, upset Florida. I mean, <laughs> you, know, you know why, though, right? They got a quarterback. talked about yeah yeah and it was so funny that a quarterback really made that much of a difference in the team I I Uh, guess I I guess so I mean look he looked really good I mean he was able to he didn't make any big mistakes and you know you know threw for three touchdowns Max that's his name for those of you who are wondering Brad Johnson everybody else showed up the defense decided to show up like I'm like what y'all wait to try to eliminate them See, that's that SEC stuff, man. That's that SEC stuff right there. Now Florida, <laughs> now Florida at home with their stomach hurting. They sick. Thought they, they was looking for Bama. Bama, they, now they scared to go play Bama. So it don't matter. Oh. <laughs> yeah, North, yeah, Northwestern defeated Illinois on Saturday, 28-10, to 10, of course, um, which our uh, good guy, uh, Lovey Smith, now sending uh, with his uh, walking papers with his pink slipping link card. <laughs> Yep. Uh, Illinois gave up over th- almost 300 yards of, in rushing, and Northwest had two guys rush for over 100 yards, and it was a mess weather weather-wise, but Northwest had enough offense to get it done. Uh, and now Northwest will have to face a, a, a angry but overall very talented Ohio State team next Saturday afternoon for the, for the Big Ten title game in Indianapolis. Oh, boy. This should well, be – oh. Do you think? Do you think even though Ohio State only played like five games, they should be in the in the playoffs? Like some of these teams that didn't play eleven. Well, we told you they can't. They can't. They changed the rule. So you were yeah. with us, uh, Lamont, but they yeah, changed the rule. Yeah. They, well, we told you they would do it, but do you think mm-hmm. it's bad? You think uh, yeah. it's bad at- I mean, it, is it fair? Not necessarily, but you kind of figured that this was going to happen, so... Yeah, I didn't know it was going to happen. But, I, I'm uh, not... Look I, look, I know a lot of Indiana fans are upset about it. I know the players. I saw those, some of the players. I saw some of them tweeting that they were upset about it. But... Well, they uh, wouldn't get... Look, if, you're, 
I mean, look, if you're Fox, would you rather have Northwestern versus Ohio State or Northwestern versus Indiana? I think you, I think you'll take the former. Just saying. And plus, you didn't have Michigan and Ohio State this year because Michigan had a date with COVID. So if you're yeah. Fox, as we mentioned in our last podcast, Lakina, you're trying to have the highest rated uh, games as possible on your network since you didn't get Michigan and Ohio State this year. Exactly. Yeah. And what happened to Miami, Lakina? No, I said that's it. <laughs> 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 I didn't oh, say they got smacked know, around big got, time. Oh, my God. I mean, <laughs> but, but, you know, but, you know, but you know what, though? But you know what, though? Michael Carter, Javante Williams, that tandem for North Carolina, that running back tandem, they're really yeah. good. They're really good. Through over 300 yards for Carter. I think he's, like, the first to do it in the ACC in, like, 30 years, maybe, maybe a little like, give or take. So he's really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why I asked too, so I knew Sid would answer. That's that's why I asked. Yes, and what what happened? I was shocked when I saw the score. I'm like, Me too. What, what the hell? what the heck happened? Like, did the defense <laughs> not to, decide not to show? <laughs> what happened, yeah, you, Sid? <laughs> uh, you just basically took the words right out of my mouth. So that they didn't show up. Maybe they overlooked North Carolina. I don't know, but uh, they just weren't there. They're were, they were like the New York football giants. They were there physically, but emotionally, uh, right. they didn't have like Arizona. They, oh. They, they... Ooh, oh, 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 Arizona. Yeah, they got 70 to 7. They lost to Herm Edwards, and Kevin Sumlin is now out. Yeah, he yes. got his pink slip too. Yeah, yep. guys, guys, pink slip too, and Link Cart. So, what do you, what do you guys think? <laughs> Are you guys? A... What you say? A lot, a lot of pink slips and link cards going out, not only in there, but in pro football, too. I see they had made some changes in Vegas this morning. So, yeah, it's pink slips going out everywhere. But uh, while, you, while you're still on college football, shout out again to Miss Vanderbilt. If she didn't win Woman of the Year at Vanderbilt, she should. Miss oh, Sarah, <laughs> Sarah yeah. scored a point. Like, yep. I'm so happy to see her kicking the ball and scoring points because – I've met a few women in my time that look like football players and play like football players. So I'm so happy she continued to score points and may she continue to be a trailblazer for all little girls in the world. I love Sarah, I love uh, the teammates' reaction. Sarah Fuller, that's her, that's her name. That's who I'm not talking about. I love their reaction towards her. I mean, it was just, it was really nice to see. And, you know, like she, she wants to be kind of like the trailblazer. She wants to be that you know, sort of the, the the inspiration for girls everywhere, and I think she'll do just that. Yeah, I mean, because women, women. I mean, it took me a long time to come to the conclusion. I ain't gonna lie, I was I was a tough guy, but y'all do a lot of stuff really well, like really, really well. Like even with wrestling, I rarely watch men wrestling now. I only watch it for the watch the women wrestle because they actually got more. And even with the WNBA. A lot of the plays that the WNBA run, the NBA refused to run. They run in three, four, five women weaves. <laughs> and the NBA <laughs> run one-on-one ISO. So, yeah, I mean, women, they doing their thing. Absolutely. Uh, and um, Oh, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, just to wrap up with college football, another team that got surprised, uh, the number one, twenty, the number 21 ranked Colorado Buffaloes, uh, they lost at home to Utah, 38 to 21. Utah, of course, last year they were on a doorstep of perhaps sneaking into that college football playoff. They had their struggles this year. They're now two and two on the season. They, uh, As I mentioned, they beat Colorado by 17. Although Brendan Rice, if you know who yes. his dad is. That's he... 
Yeah. Right. He looked really good. Yeah. He looked extremely good. Mm -hmm. chip, off the, chip off the old block. That's Jerry Rice's oldest son. That's what you're talking yeah. about. They but they uh, look like they don't catch him. They look like they couldn't catch him. Like, he, yeah, he, he looked like he might have a future. <laughs> Absolutely. Also, too, to stick with the Pat 12. It won't be Washington versus USC for the Pac-12 title. It'll actually be Oregon versus USC because Washington's having was having has having COVID issues the last couple of weeks, and they're not going to be able to fill the team. So now it'll be Oregon against USC for the Pac-12 championship on Friday, I believe. And while you're talking COVID and filling teams, that's another reason Florida shouldn't have lost. LSU only filled what half a team to go play them. Like Florida really just wet the bed, like really bad. Like maybe they was oh, maybe they was waiting on Bama. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah, but now <laughs> they can't go to the playoff now. Unfortunately, if they had beaten Bama. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's 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 rough everywhere. Look look at Lovey. Maybe he headed back to the Bears. Who knows? Oh, let's not start that, please. <laughs> oh, don't give him no ideas. No. Let's not start that. <laughs> let's not start that. Go ahead, Sid. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, I was going to say, Auburn, Auburn's coach got the pink slip, too. Gus Malzahn, yeah. But he, yep. got, but he got a nice little buyout, too, 21.75 million, so. Yeah, who needs a link card? Please, Just give me that buyout. Link card here, yeah. No need for a link card here. <laughs> I, I want my link card. If you're giving me that much money, please, can I have my link card? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, I mean – Oh my God! Look, are you were you guys surprised by that one? I was little, I was somewhat shocked by that one. I'm, I'm not. I don't know how you guys feel. Yeah, about I was. It. Yeah. Well, Lamont, that's that's I mean, the rap, you know, SEC country. What do you, were you surprised? Not only surprised, but I think a lot of changes are happening in the SEC because of this COVID. Meaning they can't get out and recruit the way they want to. So they can't get out and get the people they want to. And a lot of people can't do the things that they do to get the players that they get. So I think a lot of that comes into play, especially when you're talking that SEC situation. So uh, you can't get out and do your normal job. And that happens. And a lot of people lose their job because of it. Lakina, we talked about this on Friday. Uh, LSU uh, uh, had a, has a self-imposed one-year ban. Lamont, I want to ask you about that. The smartest thing they could have did, you know why? <laughs> mm -hmm. They knew why? they weren't going nowhere. They knew they couldn't get to a bowl game. So, yeah, we're going to ban ourselves to keep y'all from banning us. So that way, we look like we the good guys when they covering up something the whole time. So <laughs> that was one of them holes. Let me throw you the left hand so I can hit you with the right hand. So, yeah, that was – and you see how quick it came out, like, oh, yeah, yeah. we're going to ban else yeah because that investigation was going to come out with the with those things but you know yeah. and i believe that go on at every school not just at lsu of course of course with with those with those major football players and teams you know i, I, I like to look back at uh, a old chicago basketball player i believe if he would have made it to college his career might have went somewhere, but uh, if you remember Ronnie Fields. Yeah. Yeah. Ronnie Fields, if he wouldn't have got in trouble before he made it to college, I believe he would have been able to make it through. But because he caught those cases before college happened, 
I think that's what kind of derailed him. And if you think back, I don't know what I don't know how old y'all is. I'm telling my age now. I was at LSU. I was down. I was at Southern at the time in Baton Rouge when Jamie Brandon. Yeah. Oh, I remember that Jamie Brandon. Yeah, he was one of the best high school players to come out of Chicago during the late '80s. Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. Yeah. Oh, that case, that girl. You know, Shaq was on that team. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And Chris Shaq is now known as Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf. That was, that was yeah. a really good LSU team back in the yeah. early 90s yeah. for Dale Brown. Yeah. yeah. I, was, I was actually down at Southern at the time when they came down there with that. And my thing was they just swept it under the rug and swept him out of the way. Shaq went on to become everything. He had to change his name. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they, you know, so a lot go on at these schools when, when it's involving their major athletes. I mean, I bet that's just like, not to say that Trevor Lawrence will do nothing crazy or do anything crazy. If he went to a party tonight and threw somebody out the window, good chance we wouldn't hear about it. <laughs> also, for, too, uh, going back to college basketball history for just a second, let's not forget Stanley Roberts. He was on the, part of that squad as well down at LSU. Uh, went to Orlando. You know, I was, yep. watching that, I was watching that Illinois basketball game, Illinois basketball game the other day. <laughs> <laughs> and they was comparing the teams, Sid. Which team do you think better? The team now, the Darren Williams D Brown team, or the Lou Henson, Bernard Randolph, Kenny Norman, Steve Bartle team? Oh boy. Also, also to uh, rest in peace to Jimmy Collins, who was a big part yes. of those 80s Illini teens, also a former yeah. head coach over at UIC, had a pretty good record there. He passed away. He had been sick for a long time. It, it wasn't, you know, nothing COVID-related. He had been mm -hmm. sick for, like, the last couple of years. They made the announcement. His daughter, I believe, made the announcement mm -hmm. on her social media on Sunday, yesterday. So uh, rest in peace to him, who was a big, big time recruiter for those Lou Henson's uh, Illini teens back in the 80s. Yes. I yeah, I, I remember, too, you guys remember, there was a big uproar uh, before Jimmy Collins took the job at the UIC. He should have gotten that job uh, replacing the now late Lou Henson, but he was a pipeline between Champaign and Chicago Public Schools. He was because a pipeline. You can right. say it. He was, yeah, he was a pipeline. He was. He was. He, was. Yeah, he got he was. all those athletes down, down, down there, as you mentioned, Lamont, with the Kenny Normans and Nick Anderson, who's from here. Hopefully we get him on the show very soon. Uh, Kendall Gill and, like you said, Stephen Bardo, who still does games for them, and he does national games for Fox as well. Yep. So, uh, you know, he was responsible for all those guys. If you if you fast forward to now in 2021, it'll be 20, 2021 soon, but you fast forward to now 35 years later, Illinois has not had the – uh, the same success. I know they went to the Final Four in 2005, as you mentioned, Lamont, earlier with that squad, but they haven't had the, the prize star from the, from the Chicago Public League since then. It's been over 35 years. It's just really but, uh, interesting. Look, if you look at the, you know, from the time till now, I mean, from those, you know, flying the line nine teams in the late, in the mm -hmm. late 80s, you know, mid to late 80s, going into like some parts of the early 90s. Then you had D Brown, Darren Williams, and that team in the mid 2000s. Mm -hmm. Look, I know how they feel. I know they probably felt they should have won that championship against North Carolina, but, you know, look, it, it is what it is at this point to now. There was a big gap there. And, 
Look, Brad Underwood looks like he's, you know, finally, you know, they finally got something going there. Unfortunately, they lost to Kwanzaa Martin and his uh, Mizzou Tigers in that Bragging Whites game, which is actually a very good game. You know, always a very exciting game, those Bragging Whites games. And I know it's personal for Kwanzaa because, you know, Illinois gave him fits when he was at Purdue. So mm-hmm. I know, you know, that, I know it's personal for him. But, uh, I mean, look, we'll, we'll see how they do this season. I mean, look, a lot of, you know, Ao and Kobe, I mean, I mean, look, I mean, we'll see what, but they got to, look, do you know how the Big Ten looks? You guys see how the Big Ten is. There's a guy in, in mm-hmm. Iowa City named Luca Garza who might be yes. the up player Iowa, of the year. Look, Iowa, Iowa is some beasts. Iowa, I watched them. Iowa are some beasts, and they can shoot their little butts off. They're some beasts. But but uh, quick, uh, to, to get back on that Illinois thing, Illinois thing. When you was recruiting in, look at those teams DePaul had also from this Chicago area. You look at the Mark Aguayas going in. I think that whole DePaul team got drafted. The him, Clyde Bradshaw, Terry Cummins, all Mm -hmm. of them got drafted. But all of that was Chicago talent. So when you mention the Jimmy Collins, where has that Chicago connection gone to our Illinois and Chicago schools? Because it's not there, and like Lakina said, that gap, it's been missing for a while. So Mm -hmm. who comes in to fill that gap, and how does it happen? Because it seems all our good players go to Kansas now, right? Kentucky or Duke, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was just going to bring up that point, Lakina. I know at the time before, as I mentioned, the late Jimmy Collins now took the job at UIC, which he got that school to respectability, including – three NCAA tournament appearances before he took the job with them. I know there was a lot of uh, publicly high school coaches here in Chicago. They were very upset that that Illinois didn't give him that job after Lou Henson retired before he went on to New Mexico State, I believe it was. They were, uh, they were uh, upset at the time. You heard a lot of stories, you know why, but like you, like you mentioned, Lakina, all of our big-time talent now is going to Kentucky, Duke, North Carolina. Even I'm sure some of them now will probably go to uh, Michigan because Juwan Howard, Chicago's yeah. very own, is cultured there now. So they're going to these local schools and uh, schools that are suffering like DePaul and some of these traditional powerhouses from the past. They're not getting these kids anymore. You're not producing any winners. So I think, I think it's, we need- it's real sad. I think we need a pipeline. We need somebody to mm-hmm. connect our public league schools to our local institutions. And, like, who that pipeline will be and where it will come from, I don't know. You know, but I think that's what's missing. And I think when we had those pipelines, our, our local schools were much better. Like, all mm-hmm. of them. Even yeah. Illinois State, it was a lot. They were better. Like, so I think that pipeline needs to return. And we'll see, you know, what happens going forward because every other state seems to have a pipeline like that except us. You know? Well, and you look well, and you look at now it's starting to change. I mean, Southern Illinois, Brian Water, who's who's a former player there who played with a, against a lot of those guys, he's making it happen down there. I know Illinois State. I know they're they're kind of starting to sort of you know start recruiting some of the, the public league public league um, players. Um, Northwestern, it's. I don't know how hard it is no. for Chris Collins to to do that, you know, unless you know Whitney Young, you know, those types of schools. Mm-hmm. Um, look, if, back then, you went back to Jimmy Collins for a second. Back then, you couldn't get anybody to go down to Champagne back in the you know the mid '80s. No way, it wasn't happening. He no. 
he helped kind of. It was only because of him. He, he helped facilitate a- that. Yeah, exactly. Because he look, he played in the public league. He knows how you know, you know, the takes to kind of recruit and all that. He gets how he learned. So that's how he was able to sort of you know bridge that gap. And unfortunately, now with you know schools, and I think that's not to do with ESPN and Fox Sports, CBS. All those schools are now on television, even D3 or, and D2 and even NAI. I mean, a lot of those guys are going to, you know, Robert Morris and St. Xavier and those types of schools. So, but you know, when they show them schools on TV, Lakina, they don't show a lot of the public league schools. When they had those games that are – like, that's fair. Yeah, they don't they don't show the public league unless some of those public league players happen to play in some of these special AAU situations. Then that's the only time you get to kind of see them. But you know, I look at people that has come from like I'm use Westinghouse as a perfect example because everybody always talk about Simeon, but I think Westinghouse has produced more players than Simeon. That Mark McGuire, yeah. Yeah, that's true. NBA. You know, we they Simeon can look at D Rose and. The list gets to getting shorter and Jabari, it gets shorter and shorter. But when mm-hmm. you look at the, the, you know, the Hershey Hawkins and the Mark yep. Aguirre's, the Hall you. of Famers and champions that have come from Westinghouse. Mm-hmm. So, yes, you still have some crazy ones that went to Westinghouse. But at the same <laughs> time, I think they give Simeon all the credit. And when you hear, like, uh, the one that I seen him playing last night, he went to Iowa State, came from Simeon. Yeah. Yeah. Camp Simeon from Iowa State. I seen them playing last night. So you, when you get to mentioning those players, I think it needs to be something to come back. And like I went to Kiri, and like when I was at Kiri playing, I played with the coach that just got fired, Mike Oliver. I was playing with him, and I remember we had a game against King, and that's when Marcus Liberty and all of those guys were playing for King, and that was the most embarrassing time of my life. They was like dunking the ball off of each other. So, you know, I think something needs to be like some type of pipeline needs to be established again with the public league on all sides of town, not just the south side. And also, but also, so you got things also access to, I mean, like I just mentioned, a lot of every school, just about every school is on television now. So, you know, yeah. uh, back then, you know, the only way you can watch, you know, you only watch sort of the local schools like DePaul's and U of I's mm-hmm. and, and, you know, Northern and Southern and things like that. Now every school is on television. So that's why I was saying that a lot of them are going to D2, D3, you know, St. Xavier, Robert Morris. You don't have to go to the, the, the top schools anymore. So a lot of them are spreading out. And I think that's another problem that the, that, you know, that U of I and DePaul have to you know, figure out and they still haven't figured it out yet. No. And and I think like, it, like I mean, I know it's switching sports, but I think that's going to happen in football with the SWAT. I think DI going to Jackson state going to hurt a few of these schools because a few of these players going to say, I want to go play for DI. Like the ones that came up in his football camps and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And the ones that came up in the Jerry Rice football camps. I think it's going to become a situation where all of these professional players that has these camps, even the Snoop Dogg camp. Snoop Dogg mm-hmm. did a few halfway decent football players out of his camp. Yeah. So I look, I look at his camps, and I think it's going to become a situation that where they start to put more attention on the swag. Like, I do have my tickets for the Bayou Classic in Shreveport already. But I think, you know, I think it's time for the little people to get a chance to. That's all. 
let's be honest too. It's time for those schools to start winning as well. If you win and you have the best facilities as well, I know that the HBCUs don't have the best <laughs> facilities, all the funding all the time compared to your quote unquote mainstream schools like Duke no. in North Carolina or the University of Miami or Florida yeah. State where Deion Sanders played his college ball. But those situations are going to have to change too. But it all starts with winning. And, and when you win, you can recruit some of the better athletes to come play in your program. Well, look at North Carolina. Look at North Carolina A&T. They actually left their conference. They actually left the VAC to go to um, go to uh, the Southern Conference. Also, Hampton too. So they left yeah, the VAC because you had because they had to leave because that's considered like a step or two below the swag. So you know it was like we gotta <laughs> attempt to move up some. I remember I had a good friend that came out of Southern, uh, Bobby Fields. I mean that's an old name, but he yeah he he. He did, you know, he made it, but he's no longer around. But at the same time, like, it's just they don't even look at players like that. And then they always cheat. And I'm going to use the word cheat when it comes to the tournament. I never understand why every other team get a play-in, but the SWAT got to get a play-in to play-in. I, I, I don't get that every year. They got to win their conference just to get a play-in to get a play-in. I, I, I don't get that every year when the tournament came. So the last four years when the tournament did that, I was a little upset about that. So I guess that's because I went to one of them schools, but that wasn't cool. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right, any other you know, college hoops? You know, what impressed you guys this, this weekend with college hoops? If you guys saw any of the games? Iowa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I said, I mean, Illinois is going to have a tough time against Iowa. They got Wisconsin, too. They got a veteran squad. So they're going to have a very tough time in the in the, the Big Ten. The only little college basketball I watched was uh, during Sunday's NFL action. The first half of the schedule was bad. So I turned to the Big Ten network. I saw Michigan barely uh, getting by Penn State. Now they're 6-0. and A shout-out to Juwan Howard. Uh, I think Michigan, hopefully they learned their lesson from a year ago. So ho hopefully they'll become a better team, but we'll see. If they stop shooting all threes, if they yeah. realize they can go <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's, that's what I'm looking forward to. Uh, Rutgers and Maryland, that's a game I'm looking forward to watching. You know, Big Ten, you know, a lot of these conferences are starting their, 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 um, their slate. So should be an interesting one there. Rutgers, you know, hopefully they'll get a chance to go to the tournament. They didn't get a chance to go last year, of course, but I'm looking forward to that. Um, a lot of them are, a lot of these conferences are starting their games. You know, Illinois and Minnesota, they host, Illinois hosts Minnesota tomorrow, Clemson and Virginia Tech. You know, I think Clemson's undefeated too, so some some good, some good Wait, games. Are we on college? While we on college basketball, do you think North Carolina is as bad as they look, or you think, uh, what do you think happened? I think it, I think the Kentucky's probably the one you should be asking about. Yeah, well, Kentucky. <laughs> the reason I look at them is because you cannot continue to skirt the system and think it's gonna work forever. It's kind of like working in retail. You can steal a dollar off the register every day for six months. Before <laughs> that get over, you gonna get caught. And when you get caught, you're gonna have to start over. And the next job you have might not be as good as the first job. So. You can't skirt the system and continue to win all the time. So it's, they come <laughs> up, as you mentioned. Our, there's our PSA for the day. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I mean, look, I, I'm hoping – Look, I'm, I'm sure North Carolina will get it together. They're, 
you know, they're, they're four and two. I mean, uh, I'm, I like that boy they got, though. Uh, what's that son in the right? What was his name? They got a big boy down there in North Carolina, though, that he moved people. Yeah. He, he moved. So yeah. I liked him. But the rest of them, they need some work. Yeah, they, they do. Before we, yeah, before we get out of here, Lakina, you had a quick story on a former NBA player. Speaking of North Carolina, he played uh, on that team from back in the day. Ah, uh, yes. God Sham got it. The name sounds familiar. He's from New York. He played at Providence. Got Providence all the way to the, um, I think he was, got all the way to like the Elite Eight, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yes. He has written, written a, a, a wonderful uh, story. It, it's long, like a lot of these players' tribute type articles, but he, you know, tells you about his journey from New York to, you know, he was eating white. He's he was eating white cats before he went to school. When he was in elementary school, you know, to his days over over at Providence, you know, and you know, going through the New York because we all know. Look, Chicago has the look. We have our bragging rights too, but New York also has their bragging mm -hmm. rights when it comes to hoops. He shared a lot of his stories, you know, through the ranks in high school. Also, when he was at Providence, sort of, he basically said that Providence kind of saved his life. Also, yeah. to meeting Biggies, yeah. So it was it was you know part of the culture and. You know, he was a McDonald's All-American. People forget, and I, I don't think we, I don't think we appreciated how good of a player he was. Because I remember him coming out of high school, and I like you know, this this guy, you know, just so worldly, you know, so you know, for his young age. And now I think, I think, I believe he's coaching now. So, yeah, uh, I was, um, I, I remember. You know, he's funny. He mentioned eating white castles before school. That's actually the best school meal you can get. You pop two in the microwave and go on to school. <laughs> I, I was a big White Castle guy. <laughs> but that's, that's and, 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 you know, and while you mentioned it, uh, Carlos, I was going through some of my papers the other day. I had uh, covered a high school All-American game that was here in Chicago. You remember when um, Kevin Love was on the um, high school All-American team and he was on the same team with uh, – O.J. Mayo. Yeah, I remember. O.J. Mayo was the superstar. And James Harden was on that team also. James Harden was in that game also. And you look at where those people career have gone now, and out of the three, the only one they talked about at the time was O.J. And they would mention Kevin Love because he was going to UCLA at the time or whatever. Yeah. And it turns out that Harden has became the best. Like, I, I was running across some of my magazines and found the program where I have with all of their autographs in it from the program. I was like, oh, this is neat. James Harden became the superstar of all of these players. So that was just, you know, a neat and how a lot of these older college players, like I haven't heard nothing about Stefan Marbury recently, but I'm going to have to look him up and see if he's still a hero in Japan. I know he was a hero over there. He got his own statue and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Going to see, was he coming back or what was he doing going forward? But, uh, yeah, I mean, I like to see older players get some. I hate that a lot of Chicago players don't come back to, like, the, the public league schools, like we was mentioning earlier. Like, DePaul have a couple of people that can come back and try to, you know, give them a hand. You know, where are the, you know, the former, you know, people that's from the area coming back to try to help their schools, so... Right, absolutely. And going back to God Sham God for a second, you know, he shares some stories about, you know, Kobe going to his camp and how he felt after, of course, you know, what happened with his, you know, Kobe's tragic passing. So if you guys haven't had a chance to look it up, I mean, it's a, his story is fascinating. So make sure you guys check it out. I mean, 
it, it's just a very fascinating story. It's a little long, but it's worth the time, I promise you. So any guys, any of you guys looking, what are you looking forward to watching this week before we get out of here? Mo, mo, mo preseason. I want to watch mm -hmm. my people play. I, I can't wait to them games tonight. I'm going to watch them games tonight. I got them set to record. Mo preseason. Yes, 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 same here. More preseason NBA basketball. Uh, by this time next week, the NBA se regular season uh, would would have started. So just let's see that uh, get back into the swing of things. Hopefully everybody stays healthy. So we have a good 2020 21 regular season when it starts next week. Yeah, very uneventful, too. Very uneventful, let's hope. <laughs> so, yeah. With that said, you can follow me at Kina McGee on Twitter and at Kina underscore McGee on the IG. You can follow me at Lamont Scott on Facebook, Lamont Scott 69 on Instagram, and Lamont Scott 16 on Twitter. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and Instagram at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D 80. That's S I D K I D 80. Excuse me. You can go to our website at weareregalradio.com. That's W-E-A-R-E-R-E-G-A-L-Radio.com. You can look up this podcast, Second City Sports, along with the other podcast programming from War Media by simply searching for War on Anchor. Wherever you download your podcast, including the iHeartRadio app, make sure you type in that search engine box, War on Anchor. That's W-A-R-R -R on Anchor. We're also on the tube, a.k.a. YouTube, at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R -R Media on YouTube. You can all listen to us, but watch us do our thing live. All right, make sure you like and subscribe. So, yes. guys, please stay <laughs> the way Lamont said. So, guys, please stay safe <laughs> out there. And, you know, wash your hands, wear your mask, keep your distance, you know, stay warm, too. I know it's getting colder here. But for yes. the guys, I'm like, very cold. Yes, it is. Sorry, Lamont. But for the guys, I'm the key. And this is Miss Second City Sports Zoom style. And we'll see you Friday. Peace. Zoom style. Till next time. Holla. <laughs>